Bonsoir. You've reached Attractive Stranger After Dark. Welcome to Hot Talk Live. Relax and turn on the dark. Attractive Stranger. Hey guys, you are back with Attractive Stranger Hot Talk Sessions, and I am Sammy Social. We got everyone in the house today, Jay Soul, Zach Billion, and our guest, Chris Siders. So, Jay, do you want to give an intro? You want to let them know who you are real quick? I mean, they know who I am. I've been here for a while. It's more on you, honestly. You, he's been, you're, you're the he's been holding it down, so y'all know who he is. Chris, can you give us an intro? Who are you and what you do? Hey, what's happening, good people? My name is Chris Siders. Um, you know, I'm a jack of all trades. I, I just identify as a creator. Like, I model, I rap, I do spoken word, I make music, uh, I engineer, uh, I'm a journalist, hip-hop journalist, too. I have two books out. A third one's coming in March. Yeah, I do a lot of stuff. Wow, he just, <laughs> just went down the list. He right. does everything. Gave us a I'm lot like, let me get my resume up, because right. he does everything. He just gave us a lot to unpack just then. <laughs> hey, didn't know that, didn't know that, didn't know that. Right. I've known him for about... When, four years now? Right. It's and for those who won't know or don't know, uh, Chris performed at me and Jay's very first event yes. uh, back when he was in a music group. Yes. So that was five. We have well, celebrities here. Right. <laughs> yeah, we got y'all too. What you talking about? Yeah, y'all <laughs> We're grateful. In the middle, y'all. In the middle. Um, okay, cool. Well, you do a little bit of everything, so that's good to know. Um, you have recently pivoted pivoted from just doing music to now like modeling um being an activist how has that transition been for you it's been it's it's been quite a journey if you were to tell me like how long ago like what 11 years ago when i'm in high school that hey you're gonna be an activist you're gonna change people's lives you're gonna impact i'm like Niggas, you fucking crazy. Like, I ain't, <laughs> like, I'm just a regular old nigga, like, just playing video games and shit at the crib. I didn't go outside much. I didn't do much of anything. So, when I moved to Monterey Bay for college, I kind of just fell into it. And how I fell into it was there's this show called The Mending Monologues. Have y'all heard about that? So, Mending Monologues is a play about sexual violence, gender violence. Uh, but it's inclusive to all genders. It's the, it's like it's described as the little brother to vagina monologues, which is about sexual violence, yeah. but uh, mainly, for uh, yeah, for women. Mm-hmm. So um, when I auditioned, I got into the play, and then a lot of people, I guess, just remember my performance through it, and. Uh, it kind of became this thing of like, hey, he's that black feminist guy on, <laughs> on campus. So I was already being tokenized, but then I didn't know what, what it meant to be tokenized. So I was just like, okay, I guess I don't really see a lot of black men talking about this thing. So I'm going to just take out the rings and I'm going to just go for it. Mm-hmm. And soon my artistry be- became more political and... I was already looking to, um, again, like impact lives through my art. So I just didn't know how much emotional turmoil was it was going to turn into. Like me having beef with campus police, racial profiling, people sending me death threats, um, a whole bunch of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Side note, if y'all hear the vacuum, excuse the vacuum. Just, <laughs> just focus on what he's saying, y'all. Sorry. Yeah, so um, with all that stuff going on and then me being homeless for a couple years up there because I really wanted to ensure that the impact I'm creating is actually saving lives, it really affected me on an emotional level to where I'm so damn paranoid. I... I actually have a lot of difficulty being vulnerable with people and um and I, it's crazy um even recently uh i just recently got a new group of friends and i straight up told them and in in some days I, I look back on this conversation uh i straight up told them like hey look 
I know we just met and you know like I'm cool with you but I don't really trust you like that I just straight up said that and it came from a place of like just being wounded and like um and it really hurt for me to say that and I'm pretty sure it hurt for them to hear that as well um it yeah it so the activism shit like it really did have a huge impact on me uh, I was even falsely accused of sexual harassment and sexual assault when I was working for Title IX. Title IX, they enforce policies on, uh, or yeah, enforce policies about uh, regarding like sexual harassment and um, and racial discrimination, different things like that on a college campus. And so when they called me in, they was like, uh, "Oh, so someone's trying to like press charges against you," and I'm like. What? Mm-hmm. So then they read the list of charges, and I'm like, I didn't do none of this shit, and <laughs> like this shit is crazy. And they said, okay, here's your options: you can sign this paper admitting that you did all this, and we'll just place a restraining order on you, or you could be taken to court. Choose your poison. So I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. It's like the scariest thing a black man could possibly hear. <laughs> and it was from Literally. a white woman. I was okay. I was really trying so hard not to be like, was she white? I was trying so hard not to say Deep that. Deep in my soul, I was right? Like, I was like, it, this sounds like a Caucasian woman. It was from a white woman, and the thing is, too, like, she was the first person that I really opened up to mm-hmm. that really got me in a space of like understanding vulnerability, mm-hmm. and uh, and this was during the whole heyday of the activism shit. So. Um, through that, I have trouble initiating sex, initiating any kind of intimacy, really sharing that I have feelings for someone because I always feel that I'm going to hurt somebody. Yeah. And like, well, when so someone brings up a list of charges, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. So you're, you're, I mean, it makes it, I don't want to dwindle how you feel, but I'm like, that's logical. Yeah. It makes, it makes a lot of sense why you would feel that way. Yeah. It's the trauma behind that. Yeah, there's a lot of trauma behind that. Well, how have you dealt with that being intimate? Just, I mean, not on a physical level, just like in general, because it seems like this was in the past, right? Mm -hmm. So how have you dealt with that present day? Present day is still a huge struggle. Like right now, like I got it bad for someone. Mm -hmm. Like I have a huge crush on someone. And every time I'm thinking like, yo, I really want to let her know. Something is just tugging at my heart. Like, don't do it. Mm-hmm. She's gonna think like you're trying to hurt her. You or like trying to make like have alter, alter-, alter- motive. Yeah, and so it's 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 still a struggle. Okay. I even didn't even tell my parents like what, four years later that that happened. Mm. And this was when that documentary, When They See Us, came out. Yeah. I didn't even watch that. It's so hard for me to watch that. I, I was like, yeah, I'm they, not. Yeah. I, I think even I have never experienced anything like that. I had people around me do it. But I, it took me maybe a month or two after to watch it because mm-hmm. it was just like, it was at the epitome of like everything, the, mm-hmm. the Black Lives Matter. And it was just like, I'm not about to continue to try, try traumatize myself yeah. more after seeing what's on the internet. So yeah, definitely. I definitely understand that. That's well, well, you got called a feminist though. Yeah. So how has that been as a black and you identify as queer, correct? Yeah. As a black queer male, um, being called a femis- feminist because that's not often for a black man to be that be labeled that. So how um, how have you dealt with that, and what does it mean to you? Um. At the time when I was getting knee deep and really learning more about it, uh, I wore like a badge of honor. Like I was like, "Yo, I like I like doing this because like I'm kind of giving examples of how." Okay, so here here's been my thought process. I could take these teachings and different things that I learned back to South Central and then I could teach young black men on how to talk to women 
how to go about certain situations and, and whatnot. So I was really happy to be called a feminist. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few uh, situations that I had. Uh, <laughs> of course, um, I went to a hip hop party like uh, it was like a release show, like right before my fourth year of college. And this guy was like, yo, I heard you was doing activism up north. Oh, what kind of activism are you doing? And I was scared to say the F word, feminism. <laughs> like, feminism. And uh, I said, oh, you know, like, Black Lives Matter shit, you know what I'm saying? And then he was like, oh, for sure, that that's dope. You, you're not doing none of that gay feminism shit. And I was like, oh, fuck. Little did he know. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, exactly what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's funny <laughs> i was like oh shit um and i was like yeah it would have caused a huge uproar if i were to be in the middle of this party talking about feminism and shit and so i was really happy until i started to see the changes within myself that i didn't like for example um i had the audacity and the nerve to correct people all the time knowing within myself i'm not perfect i still do stupid shit that that, you know that you know goes under the patriarchal system and rape culture and stupid shit like that and but who am i to like tell another guy like hey like you're fucking up. You're not you're not doing this right. But the thing is is that we don't have proper education in our grade level schools about this shit. Who's teaching us about rape culture and page um patriarchy and how it affects women and how it affects men on on the interpersonal level too? Mm-hmm. Who's doing that? And this argument that I always have with people when it comes to hip hop and feminism, look at NWA and the conditions that they was in. There was no school that was talking about this shit. So, like, they just products of their environment and mimicking things that they seen growing up. And I did the same shit when I was growing up, too. I'm pretty sure y'all heard the game, hide and go get it. Mm -hmm. I was out there, hide and go get it at a certain point in my age. So, like, um, that definitely doesn't excuse the behavior. Not at all. Um... But I just needed to check myself a lot. And that's where I didn't like the whole feminism label because I felt like it was imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. So, Well, yeah. how have you dealt with that since? Because you were invited to the slut walk, right? Yeah. Um, and you've had a lot of great things come out of the feminism, you being labeled as a feminist. So how have you dealt with that imposter syndrome? Um... I don't think I ever really dealt with it. Honestly, how I've been approaching activism lately is just more so an energy thing, a give and take. Before at the time, I was just giving, 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 and not really like looking at how I'm presenting myself to the world. Like, for example, when the shit was getting knee deep and like I was getting them threats and shit, I was walking out of the crib with like holes in my pants, like a huge Afro S curl, like uh, holes in my shirt. I was just looking busted. Like I was, <laughs> I was not giving a shit about how I look. And um, yeah, it, it was just bad. I wasn't paying attention to myself. So, um, what I've just been doing right now is giving it a good balance of like, okay, at the end of the day, I got to look out for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's something that they don't teach you in the activism world is that self care is like the number one thing that you can mm-hmm. do. Because when you take care of yourself, you're setting an example for others to take care of themselves. Yeah. And also on top of that, I think we need therapists for activists too. Yeah. Like, I don't think. I remember when I was going through all this stuff, I'm like, who the hell can I talk to? There's therapists on campus, but then a lot of them haven't been through activism. So, um, yeah. So, 
Long story short, yeah, I haven't really dealt with that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Something you're working on, hopefully. Yeah, 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 for sure. Nice. So we speak. Whoa, get it together. <laughs> we spoke briefly on you modeling. Yeah, but what brought that about? Okay, so 2019. Um, I haven't really explored the like sexual side of myself. So I hit up my homegirl Ethel. Shout out Ethel. Um, hey Ethel. <laughs> because y'all, let me just say this real quick. Because y'all, it's not the typical model you think you're thinking you're thinking you're thinking. Yeah, it's like not like H and M. No, he be giving. Like <laughs> it gives. It gives. Macy's catalog. It's, it's very, not catalog. It's very. It's it's hot talk. Shit. It's very you know? like. It's real hot talk. It's shit. very it's real like top shit. Like, tier. Now, our attractive stranger people, we know what we talking. You yes. know what we saying. But yeah, so okay. I mean, I do the H and M shit too. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, sponsor Jen- him. Jen- yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, yo, I'm actually doing the audition call um, January 14th. Okay, for agency manifesting for you. Nice. So, um, but yeah, shout out Generation F. Um, uh, the homie Renee uh, gave me a shot to start modeling for her business, black owned business, mm-hmm. Seaside. Uh, and yeah, go yeah, go go yeah, go buy some clothes. I mean, <laughs> but the but, sensual part of your model, yeah, the sensual side, yeah. All right, so yeah, 2019. Uh, I haven't really explored the sexual side of myself, really. The um, when I told myself, "Hey, you're queer and pansexual," was when I was homeless in 2017. Mm-hmm. I was sleeping on my uh, boss's couch. Because I ain't had nowhere to go before that. I was sleeping on tile floors, going from bus to bus to different places, no stable housing. It was just bad. And one thing that I had to like tell myself was, okay, you're not going to survive if you don't know what you like, if you don't know who you are. Uh, you got to give yourself some kind of purpose. So that's when I was like, okay, yeah, this is what I like. I'm queer and pansexual. I'm attracted to men, women. Non-binary, whoever I connect with—that that's the biggest thing for me is connection. So, um, and then yeah, I moved back home 2018, and then 2019 is when I started to flourish more. So, um, yeah, I called Ethel. I said, "Hey, I want to do this shoot. The shoot it was it was with Candy, mm-hmm. and um, I had my homegirl Denisha hype me up. She was there for part of the shoot, just to like." Make you comfortable. Make it more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a part of the shoot where Ethel was like, okay, this is a suggestion. You don't have to do this, but I think the photo would look great if you took off your underwear. And I was like, mm, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Rip them things off. Really? I ripped them <laughs> off. And then I was like, this is cool. This is actually pretty cool. It's actually very inspiring because that's probably one of my goals this year to actually do something like that. Do it. But it's terrifying. Oh, it, it, it's definitely terrifying. I'm very afraid of what people would say. A lot of shit I'm not, but that I am. Actually, at the end of the show, let's talk because I, I have somebody that, that will possibly be down to... Shoot you. Peace. Okay. Yeah. It, it's it's the person. It's the same person. I'm nervous. My friend's I'm very nervous. nervous. <laughs> I was like, I was like, like my friend's I'm nervous. I'm sweating right now. <laughs> He'll. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be added pressure, but he more than likely have you shoot with a lady. That's fine. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was scared I, shitless when he did that for me. <laughs> I, I could show a butt cheek, but. Like just frontal, just be, or being nude in front of somebody, like Wait, on did camera, you show your period. Dick? Huh? Did you show your dick? Uh, at the shoot? Yeah. No, but like in the pictures that you posted. Um, the recent photos, I had to blur them, so yeah, my dick was okay. Out, so but, it was out. Okay, because yeah. I was like, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, there was. Okay. I'm like, you can tell, like he's laying flat back, so it was just like, yeah, you clearly you saw everything. That that terrifies me, and then to have it in somebody else's possession, like a photographer. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And like anything can happen to those pictures. Yeah. It's the most terrifying. See, my brain goes there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, I feel you. I feel you. So how would you describe your style? Because you said you're in creative, right? Mm-hmm. But you, there's many facets of you. There is you when you with your family and friends. There's you as an artist. There's you as a creative. There's you as an author. There's you as a lover. So, and then there's you as you're just playing yourself. Yeah. So how would you describe yourself? I'm looking at you here. You have on the hoop earrings. You got the chain. The <laughs> right. He's dripped out, it. y'all. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got to come correct. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so how do I? And that's just to give a description to the people as well, because just in case they don't watch the video, they're listening to us. So I just <laughs> giving them what's going on in the room. <laughs> So, with my art, it has to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Everything I do has to tell a story. Um, like activism, I got a ton of stories. Um, I ha- actually have this series called "The Misadventures of Chris Siders," um, published through the Cultural Daily. You could read it on the internet. Uh, it's just a whole bunch of like, yeah, college stories about love, communication, and parts of my activism mm-hmm. uh, situations. Uh, yeah, with that, my poetry has a story to it. Every poem has to deal with something that I'm going through. Music, same thing. Uh, modeling. The story behind the mo- uh, modeling photos is more so confronting my insecurity issues. Mm-hmm. Me being naked in front of someone. Uh, for example, like as I just said earlier, with the whole situation of being falsely accused of sexual harassment mm-hmm. and then also being a survivor of sexual assault by a man and a woman when I was homeless. Mm-hmm. Like when when the photographer was like, yo, you're going to be working with a woman. I'm like, ah, yeah. ah. <laughs> so like I was scared shitless. So um, when the day came for the shoot, uh, shout out Sarah. Um, I met Sarah, um, and she's a cool girl. She's really nice. She's a dancer. And, um, I told her, I said, Hey, this happened to me. Just letting you know, I'm maybe a little tense. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like constantly ask you, like, is this okay? Mm -hmm. And she was like, Oh, okay. That's cool. So, um, there were definitely a few moments where, um, the photographer was like, all right, like, th- th- like, just relax, just relax. Mm-hmm. Like, cause my hand was like kind of shaky. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, the story behind all those photos is just really relaxing myself, getting mm-hmm. myself in a better headspace. Um, understanding that the world is not out to get me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that, that's been my whole thing with modeling mm-hmm. and just looking at, looking at myself in a better light too, because yeah. like along with uh, something that we talked about earlier with, yeah, with the imposter syndrome that I've been dealing with is uh, I also criminalize myself a lot. Mm-hmm. And being from LA, I went to View Park high school, mm-hmm. View Park middle school and high school. And I got into a lot of fights. If you ask anybody that went to View Park during those days, I was like the bad troublemaker and shit. Yeah. And it even got to the point to where I almost got expelled mm-hmm. for fighting. And um, but the thing is, none of the principals, none of the teachers, like really even like bothered to ask, like, why is he doing this so much? And um I kind of took on this whole persona of the villain. I'm I'm the criminal. I'm the person that you don't want to like cross in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And that in, uh affected my relationships with my fellow classmates. Like people was just like, "Oh, you better not say that to Chris or she's going to punch you." And, da, da, da. and mm-hmm. so I was I kind of isolated myself a lot. Um Is that something you so struggle with? Like isolating yourself, so you criminalize yourself, but do you force yourself to go outside or you still find yourself like staying inside or to yourself? Um, yeah, I still find myself like staying inside. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember like the past couple of years before pre COVID, um, 
You know, that's crazy when people say pre-COVID. Mm, like, side note, that's some wild people, shit. People are calling it the new BC before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said that to, to me the other day. They were like, BC? And I was like, what? They were like, before COVID. I was like, wow. It's really a part of our life now. But anyway. Bye. I don't accept it, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not accepting that. Well, just because the world closed. So. I went from 2019 to here I am now. Honestly. I don't know what happened in 2020. I was flourishing in 2020. I mean, we definitely were, but uh, yes. I don't like to think about it. But anyways, continue. Sorry. <laughs> um, wait, wait, I forgot where I was at. I did too. Me I too. COVID. Isolation. Isolation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a couple years ago, BC, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, when... I don't answer my phone like some of my friends is like uh would tell my other friends like hey yo uh don't bother Chris like Chris like when he's like in this like space he just isolates himself a lot there's nothing wrong with him but then secretly there is a lot yeah, yeah there's a lot of underlying things going on it yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty bad and um even when I was going through a lot of shit like the past 4 months um my my pops has sickle cell disease and I have the trait, but then the thing is he has the trait, but he doesn't have both traits. How how it works is if uh two people come together, have a baby, and they both have the trait, mm-hmm. that child will have the disease. Mm-hmm. He only has one. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm just so, like I am so happy you said that. Uh-huh. Because I have I have the sickle cell trait. Uh-huh. And I've I've never done too much research about it. Yeah. But now that you said that it makes complete sense like and it it's amazing how it can like affect your whole life and or parts of your life and like it's very rare that people talk about it it's one of those diseases that's like you know about it but you don't know enough about it yeah yeah it's great like i have a cousin an older cousin she she's been living with sickle cell yeah her whole life Mm -hmm. she has a disease and for as long as I can remember, in and out of hospital mm-hmm. constantly and having a crisis a lot. So when the doctors was like, yeah, he has sickle cell, like right when he had like a heart surgery this past July, it was just like, how the hell did this come about? Mm-hmm. And okay, you have the trait. I have the trait. Some, something's just off. Like, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, when all that was going on, I was really self, self-isolating myself. And um, I even, th- those new group of friends I was telling you about earlier, um, I, like, when they asked me, like, what happened, what's going on, I just leave them on red. Mm-hmm. It's just a habit of mine. And, like, and part of that is I don't want them to worry. But at the same time, it's, I don't know. I'm just, again, bad with being vulnerable. Yeah. But is it vulnerability or you're just trying to isolate yourself? Because you can be isolated and just be like, hey, this is going on. Just need a minute. Is a little bit of both. Hmm. Sounds really familiar. Get off of me. <laughs> First of all. Um, but I'm just, I'm saying that from one person that does that to another, leave me alone, Jalen. Um, <laughs> not the good. <laughs> I mean, it might also be like my sign placements. I don't know if y'all, y'all, y'all what are they? Astrology? Let's talk about it. <laughs> I don't know anything about those. Uh, I'm a Libra sun, Pisces moon, Aries rising, Virgo and Venus. No. Yeah. Virgo, Venus. Libra Mercury. Okay, you're going deep now. I don't. I was like, is there one for every planet? Yeah. No, it's like specific ones, apparently. Yeah, because your rising is like the main. Is that the main one? Your main is the sun. The sun. The rising is how you pre- how you come off to people. Yes. And then like your moon is your emotional side. So you said Leo. Libra. Libra. You said Libra. Yeah. Sun is. 
Uh, sun is Libra. Sun is Libra. Uh, rising is Aries. Aries. So I come off as crazy to people sometimes, or like energetic. Or mm-hmm. I don't think now, but when we first met, you absolutely. Yes, I remember. I have vivid memories. I remember oh. thinking that you were so hyper. Yeah, and I was like, "What is like, going I on?" I remember you were performing. We had the carpet laid down. Y'all was. It might have been all of you, honestly. But I think simply when you were like <laughs> rapping and you was, like you was jumping up the it like and then like you almost slipped because the carpet mind you that was technically our fault. <laughs> no worries. But like thank God you didn't like fall. But it was just I do remember that. No, but so, even before then we had met them before the Yes, event. doing interv- yes, interviews. interviews. And Chris showed up late. Yep. And I just remember I was like, he is so hyper. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like you showed up late, you- but you were like Yes, he just has so much energy. And you still do, but you have a calmness about Mm -hmm. you now. But I think because you're in a more peaceful place. Mm -hmm. Um, You said 20... Growth, right? We love Love that. that. (laughs) Uh, You said 2017, you kind of like started going through this renaissance. And that was 2016, to my knowledge. No, 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 no. Was it 2017? It was... No. It was 18. It was 18? We meant... In 2018? Yes. Oh, well, I guess you started your renaissance. Wow. Wow, we knew you. Um, Yeah. Well, no. No, you're definitely at at peace. We started in 18. I remember that because um, during the interview, y'all asked, oh, who who are you? I said, I'm Black Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah, he did. did. And I I still have that footage on my computer. And the crazy thing is we've never put that out. Yeah, I still have that footage on my computer. That's the first thing he says. I'm Black Ryan. Mm. Yo, I'm going to need that footage. He's like, burn it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I, I want to use that. That that shit is hilarious. No, because that's, that's growth. Funny. No, I love that. Yes. You just recently like touched. We don't have to get too deep into it, but yeah. um, your sexual assault. Yeah. That's not something that's spoken about um with men in mm-hmm. general. With black men, have you been taking care of yourself in that? As far as making sure you're okay and getting the help from that. Um. It's still hard to talk to, talk about mm. um, and really dive deep on because when this happened, like, I was going through so much to where it was hard to, like, process. Yeah. So. We don't have to talk about it. I just want to know, are you taking care of yourself? Yes and no. Yes and no. It's a work in progress. It, it's it's a work in progress. Um but the yeah it's yeah cuz it just really affects like how again how i interact with people of romantic interest and even like sexual partners yeah. um and i remember i was um well this is if it's okay to like i don't want to trigger no one no. Okay. So um I was working at the campus bookstore and one of my coworkers uh we was locking up and one of my coworkers was there and for some odd reason like he just groped my genitals and I was just like hmm. what the fuck? And uh I want I was about to freak out and my manager was like on the other side of the store and she seen me like make a face and um I didn't want to blow up and shit because I didn't want to come off as like the aggressor like me being black and then like on on this campus so I was like really afraid so I just hurried up finished what I was doing and then I just ran out and like a couple of days later I spoke to the manager and they was like, oh no, this is this isn't cool and this, that, and the third. But the thing is, they didn't really get rid of him rid of him right away. Mm-hmm. They just said, Okay, he's not allowed to be around you, but he's still in the store. So like it's so some that's wild still shit. Still fucking with you because yeah, you're still seeing see this him. person. Yeah. And this nigga would come up to me and he would be like, Chris, can we talk? Can we talk? Can we talk? And I was just like what the fuck is there to talk about? Right. So there was a point where I was like, all right, talk. And he was like, well, I just seen how cool you was interacting with everybody. And I just wanted to be like you. So you grope 
my balls? Like, I don't think it works like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could have just said, you know, how do I approach people? Yeah, like, there's so many, there's like a hundred things we could probably yeah. come up with. You can have a whole, like, yeah. Like, That's mm. crazy. And that was his excuse. That was his excuse. And, oh, God. Um, they eventually did move him out, but I did have to see see him for like a short period of time mm. around the store. So, um, I'm sorry that that happened. Life is just fucking wild. Um, that same week, I lost my second job. Mm-hmm. I was still broke as fuck. I was still homeless. I um, I was racially profiled. Literally. Getting off the bus, the fucking police saw me get off the bus and was like, hey, we heard somebody complaining about a disturbance. And then I'm like, on the bus? I just got off the bus. <laughs> like, did you disturb like, the bus driver? I'm confused. You saw me get out of my seat, walk down the aisle. They just want us to answer for each other. Literally. Like, nigga, what? And so. Now they're questioning, okay, where you live? And I'm like, shit. Like, if they know that I'm like sleeping in somebody's garage, I'm fucked. Because mm-hmm. now I ain't gonna, I'm really gonna be like outside, outside now. So I gave them a fake address. And every time, like, I got up in the morning and lit the garage up, like, I checked to see if there's police outside. And then if there wasn't, go out, do my thing. If there was, Close that shit down. Don't go outside. Wait a few minutes. And that was life every day. Yeah. And um, there was another... in the, the other incident... That was the guy that broke my genitals. Mm-hmm. The other incident... I was at a, a play. And there was this girl behind me. And I don't know what possessed her to do this. Uh, she just tried to stick her finger in my butt. Was she white? Yes. Okay. Were they both white? Talking about the previous situation, too. The first guy uh, was Filipino. Okay. I mean, the... Yeah, Not first okay, person but Filipino. like... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, he's acting like a Caucasian. Yes. yes. No, the Caucasian... <laughs> that's what it was. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> the motherfucking Caucasian in Monterey is strong. Yeah. Like... That's wild. Okay. I love I love my Monterey people, but hey, some of y'all, y'all, y'all fucking crazy. So yeah. if you are black, please do not go to Monterey because... <laughs> Weird shit happens there. Sorry. Literally. <laughs> quote me, don't quote me. <laughs> hey, hey, yo, I'll I go, didn't, I didn't I'll, I'll go down for that one. Yeah, I didn't Sorry. say shit. Don't come. Don't come at me. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do, do not it. Blame Chris. You can blame Jaso. That's fine. <laughs> Jaso, yes, we'll blame Jaso. That's Chris fine. Had I don't enough think I'll ever. Issues. I don't think I'll ever be there. But um, mm-hmm. so growing up on in South Central, yeah, did you? always have this vision of I'm going to be like a rapper and I'm going to have this big career before even having a feeling like I'm going to be an activist? No, not at all. Like, again, like my entire grade school career, I was in the house. I was playing video games. I was on the Nintendo parents. They was like mad. Like, why don't you go outside? I'm like, Outside is dangerous. I am not going outside. Uh, like, when I was 12, I got robbed at gunpoint by three wow. grown-ass niggas. And so, after that, I was definitely like, fuck going outside. <laughs> so, like, um, and this was before I even really, like, was really street smart. Because they asked me where I'm from, and I'm just telling them where I was born. I was like, Come for me. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Don't, don't. Hey, I want no problem. <laughs> Once again, hey yo, come for Chris, y'all. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. They they got people that they know in Monterey, so the, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. not that's me. That's me, y'all. That's not me at Sammy Social. If there's a problem, um, <laughs> but um, so yeah, this was like before I was street smart. So then I just said, oh, I was born in Harbor City, and they was like, but nah, where you from, homie? I'm like, Harbor City, yeah, and then like. Harvest City, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Harvest City. <laughs> and two of the niggas, like, walk behind me. And then 
the one I was talking to, like, walked closer, and he was like, all right, run your shit. And I'm like, the fuck? And then, like, I looked both, and then they were looking like they was about to, like, fight, and then the guy in front of me act like he had a gun. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, oh, shit. Right. So, yeah, he jacked me for all my shit, and then when he at walked- 12. At 12. What, I was 12 what, do, what, do you, what do you have on you at 12? Carmax? <laughs> right, and uh, a lollipop? <laughs> like, what could you possibly a have? A bus card, library card, maybe $5? I had a um, an iPod, okay. a phone. Yeah. If a, he wanted to listen to Michael Jackson, that's all he had to say. Like, <laughs> right. you want to play some YouTube? A little yin yang twin. Like, like, I was playing my favorite fucking song. Which uh, is? At the time, uh, Why You Hate the Game by the Game. Uh, Doctor mm. Advocate album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, rest in peace, my brother Evan. Um, that was his favorite song. We would listen to that song all the time as kids. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I was listening to that, and um, yeah, I had like a razor phone and like five dollars, mm. and they took all my shit. Razor gunpoint for five dollars, huh? Yeah, and a razor and, a and razor. An iPod. Can't forget that. Can't, Can't forget, forget the iPod. And those are those are essential. <laughs> <laughs> they walked away, and uh, right before they walked away, they said no cops, and they walked to the fucking liquor store that was like right next to us. And I'm standing there in shock, like, "What the fuck just happened?" Mm-hmm. And then I looked to my left, and they was like walking out of the liquor store, and um, I forgot what happened, how I got in contact with my dad, but my my dad pulled up. And he's like, what the fuck's going on? And like went to the liquor store, asked for cameras. You know how this shit goes in mm-hmm. L.A. Yeah. Nobody don't want to get involved with shit. So they're like, oh, we, we don't have no footage. Da, 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 da. I didn't see anything. And um, my cousin runs up the street. He lives like right next to me. And this happened like five minutes away from my house. Yeah, he runs up to the street with a fucking baseball bat. Like he like, who the fuck did this? And da, da, da. It was a whole fucking thing. Yeah. And yeah, but after it's that a movie. It, Your life's a movie. Well, since you're from <laughs> South Central, you've had so many experiences. Did you get pushback uh when you came out with your sexuality and your orientation? Yes. And what did that look like? So, um, this happened on mainly Instagram. Um, yeah, there was an in, uh, incident on Instagram and an incident in real life, but okay, I'm gonna explain the real life one after the Instagram one. So the one that happened on Instagram, um, I put up this picture of me in the first photo shoot with the candy and the photo I had makeup on, uh, the pansexual flag colors, um, like sprinkle candy around my I lips. I remember that. Uh huh. Yeah, and then I had like the dread, the full dreadlocks, and um, shit. I thought I looked cute. I thought I looked bomb. Screaming. You better go off. As you should. I I look cute. Nigga. Uh, so like, uh, <laughs> 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 <Not for me. laughs> right. So um, an old friend commented under it. He was like, "Boy, what the fuck you doing?" Da, 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 and like, start going off on me in the comments, and then. In my head, I was like, okay, I can't really change his mind about shit. Mm-hmm. Block. Yeah. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah. So, but uh, years later, um, we we seen each other, but then we didn't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely still felt some kind of way. I'm like, why? Do, why what was the point of that? Mm-hmm. What, what was the actual point of that? I'm not hurting anybody. And then the crazy shit is people uh, literally get mad at you for being yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like like people get mad yeah, literally just for being you. So um yeah, that was the first incident. And then the uh other incident, the guy didn't even know I was queer and pansexual. Um I was with a couple friends and um this guy was a friend of the other friends and he just started to go off on this rant of like Man, fuck these gay, nah, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and and then started making like 
a whole bunch of like ridiculous ass comments like the quote unquote gay agenda. There's no fucking agenda. Uh, if there was an agenda, I would have probably known, especially with me being in the activist community. I mean, I I should know the agenda, right? Yeah. Right. I should know the fucking agenda. <laughs> like, was, hey, what we doing today? Front to back, left to right. Like, what what we doing today? Yeah, right. <laughs> so <laughs> what havoc are we gonna cause, man? Like, get the fuck out of here. So he making all these like ridiculous ass arguments and like I'm standing there like <sighs> I, I don't have the energy for this and like the homies they know uh, about my identity and they didn't say shit I did kind of feel some kind of way but is what it is I just let the shit alone yeah yeah I and mean when your family I, found out or did they already know I came out to my mom first and then my sister my dad doesn't know mm-hmm. um, my dad is from the deep south. He's from Alabama. Mm. And so how the family migrated to California, he was like five, six years old, migrated to South Central. Mm-hmm. It was either South Central or San Francisco. I forgot how he told the story. But we, uh, the family got chased out by Klan members because some shit happened. And... Um, so, just that whole, you know, being from the South, hyper-masculinity, toxic masculinity and whatnot, I was always, like, kind of afraid to, like, tell my dad, like, hey, this is me. And But, however, his stepbrother is gay. His um, his sister is lesbian. Um, and there's no issues. But, like, I think it's different when, like, the son. It's the son, like mm-hmm. you're your child, like you're my child. Mm-hmm. So that's where like the hesitation comes from. So, um, yeah, I haven't told him. And then growing up, he he dropped f bombs around the house, mm-hmm. and so that even made it more of like a mind fuck. So, um, yeah, when I came out to my mom, my mom kind of said something a little ignorant. I love my mom, but she said something a little ignorant. She was like. I kind of always knew there was something because you don't really hang around a lot of girls. I don't really hang around a lot of people in general. Right. So, like, so, so I was just that, like, fucking does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> but um, she's accepting thus far? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And my sister, right. she, she's you know accepting. Where I'm going too. with this, right? And we know your sister. We didn't know that we knew your sister. Not what at all. Yeah, Jasmine Sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout was, out to Jasmine. Shout out to Jasmine. Yeah, he was like, yeah. that's Chris's sister. I said, oh, fuck. Well, yeah, we know the family. I think it's when you got sick and she had posted about you. Yeah. And she was like, and I was like, wow. Small world. Small world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, but I'm glad that you were able to come out to, I mean, at least half your family. Or just your mom right now. Yeah. And then we work in on everyone else, right? Kind well, of. Well, Jasmine knows. Oh, and Jasmine yeah, too. Ja- okay. Jasmine knows. She she's accepting, and um, I told my cousins. Basically, almost everybody know except my dad's side, mm-hmm. and some parts of my mom's side. Yeah. So, um, my friends know, um, but like I don't really like say it like out there, out there, like on social media because. I kind of look at artists like Tyler, the creator, for example. Mm-hmm. He's bisexual, but then he's not letting that be his main identity. Mm-hmm. He's so yeah. many different things. Just like I'm so many different things. Aside yeah. from being queer and pansexual, I'm an artist. I'm a creator. I'm a model. I do all this other shit. And I don't want to be just black, pansexual. Yeah. Yes. No, yes. just I'm 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 artist. Yeah. Hey, artist. L.A. artist, Chris Titus. That That's what I want. I, I get you so well. This is freaking mind-blowing me. It's like, we're <laughs> the same freaking people. It's scary. How but, things change. Right. Because, like, I didn't come out until, like, last year. Was it last? Damn, that was last year. Yeah, my birthday. Yeah, last year. Mm. And, like you said, you don't want it to be your whole entire identity. Mm-hmm. You look at my Instagram. I'm, it's one post because that was my whole birthday situation, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but... Um, other than that, that's you're not gonna see nothing else about it. Like it's just like it's just who I am. Moving on, even with the whole telling parents thing, mm-hmm. I literally it was like I only did it because on my birthday I was gonna let everybody well let everybody else know because everybody kind of already knew. Yeah, but like it's interesting how you say you were like afraid to tell your dad, and I'm a pastor's kid. Damn. Yeah. 
Damn. So, <laughs> damn. Right. Uh, that was it great. wasn't even the fact of telling my dad. It was just how the church would react. And I didn't want to have that beef, and I didn't want to have to have my dad to try to defend me. But I knew he would. And yeah. and uh, so what I did was I told my mom. Mm. She was like, okay, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, and I, I called my little sister. And I told her, she was just like, okay. So I was like, and I tried to do it where I can call, uh, like, my dad, my sister, my stepmom all at the same time. But they were all at different places at the same, different times. I was like, fuck, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then I ended up calling my little sister, and then I called my dad, and I told him. And he was just like, why are you telling me? He was like, are you dating somebody? And I was just like, nah. He was just, I was like, he was just like, okay, well. Yeah. And the way I did it, it was like on the shirt, and I was like, "That was my birthday shirt. That's the shirt I was wearing for my whatever." What did it say? It was like it was. Just, it said like "Black Gay and Gifted." Mm. So I was just like, and he was just like, "All right," but the, like you said, you you don't tell your family members. Like I never said to my grandma, mm-hmm. my stepmom. Like she still doesn't say nothing about it, and my yeah. grandma haven't either. She says stuff to my mom, but never to me. Yeah, or like my uncles. The black family dynamic is so They've never said anything, but they still treat me and love me the same. Mm-hmm. But that's because I've had family members who are transgender lesbians. And it's just like, it's just yeah. a thing, like whatever. But I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. It's a very scary thing. And it's something that people should be able to talk about more often yeah. and be more accepting. At this point, we're in 2022, people. Like We made it past COVID, guys. Hello? So... I mean, we're about yeah. to be in this junior year of it, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say it ain't post COVID yet. Okay. Like, well, like I say, Omarion out Omarion there turning people is on tour right yes. now. He's on a hopefully senior tour. year we start to wrap it up. You know, I mean, Omarion finding new members of B2K. So no. like, don't don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't play. Right. But yes, I, I, I wonder. I want to let you know that I hear you. And I you understand you, and I you are seen, and I we we receive it yes. thank you for and, sure and, well, and i see you i hear you and thank you for sharing and being vulnerable it's the camaraderie for me thank you right I shout out it. to you for putting this together I love it. that's what i'm here for um last question yeah um what would you tell your 12 year old self self dang that was my question that was my next question oh it's okay it's great 12 years 12 year old self or younger self to make it easier Oh, yikes! Let's go. Let's do after. after yeah, because I know that 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 that, that was a that lot. Peaks you like makes you grow a little bit. Yeah, that the world is not out to get you. The mm-hmm. world is not out to get you. Um, because like even it's crazy. I was like reflecting on my anxiety because um, 2019 I had a therapist, um, and when I like when. When I took like tests to like gauge like okay what what kind of uh, type of therapy I needed, they say you have a severe level of PTSD and anxiety. So just thinking back and like how I interacted with my friends uh, back at that time, I was really an asshole, and a lot of that kind of came from this needing to con- this need to control. I always wanted to control how people perceive me, how, like, I go about different things. When the group, when I was part of uh, Shadows of Society, um, at the time, and even, like, up until, like, the time we broke up, I I was kind of like, man, I, like, this needs to go this way. Or if it doesn't go this way, like, sometimes, like, I'll throw a tantrum and different shit like that. But the tantrums was really, like, back in, like, middle school, high school days. Uh, but as we got older, I, I learned to communicate more better and, and interact better. So, um, yeah, just know that, like, yeah, the world's not to guilt you. Um, anxiety is a real thing because I keep telling my dad, you have anxiety. Even his doctor told him he has anxiety. He does not want to believe that. I love my dad to death. I ain't trying to put him on blast. But, like, yo, like... That that's something that you know we really need to like talk more about as black men yeah. and as black people in general. Yeah. Like, what's so unbelievable about anxiety? You said what? What's so unbelievable about it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, 
to what you're saying, like like the black family dynamic, they kind of like yeah, it's just like anxiety, depression. Uh, what else are the like? It's like three main things that black people PTSD, like, yeah, PTSD, like why, is, why is the existence of these things so like nah, no way? Because I think sexual I, abuse, yeah, like, I think just for so long because we've been told like it's not something we need to worry about, like. You know, it's kind of like a white people thing, basically. Like, mm. oh, you don't get that. One of those is yeah, you, exactly. You don't get that. No, like, or what do you have to be depressed or, over? Or how I how know we that. Don't, like, but like, but did you die? Type right, thing. Right. Definitely. That's that is heavy on. But did you die? I hate that shit. That whole thing. Like, oh, but did you die? You, but you, you know, you you gonna be okay? Like, like, yeah. and it's just like, nah, nigga, so, I'm not okay. No, that's so disheartening to hear. Um, cause even when I was in high school and I was going through a really intense depression, my mom was like, well, what do you have to be depressed about? And I'm like, you just killed me. You just right. killed me. Literally. What, like, is, the, what is that TikTok? Yeah. Like, how do you know this wasn't the last straw? Like, like, literally. Literally. So yeah, no, that's something in the black community, um, will work on. Luckily there's people <clears throat> like us at this table where we know the difference and we'll hopefully mm-hmm. teach younger people and even people of our own age that need to figure it out themselves. And older. And older, because Lord knows my whole family <laughs> needs it. We need Iyanla fix my life. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> well, great. Thank you so much for sharing. And can you tell people where to find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at D-T-H-E, Chris, C-H-R-I-S, Ciders, S-I-D-E-R-S. So that's just one word, the Chris Ciders, or the. But, um... I'm also on Facebook if people use fa- Facebook anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Facebook's uh, going through something right now. Uh, <laughs> the metaverse. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> just like the fucking Staples Center. Who who who, who, who did that? Who, who Some white guy in a fucking chair somewhere said, hey, we're going to change the Staples Center name to Crypto.com. And people are just running, ripping and running through that place. I'm like, this is no longer the Staples Center. I don't even want to. Not even a fan. Don't there. even want to go anymore. Um, that's so disrespectful. <laughs> do you have anything coming up that they can be mindful of? You don't have to you say dates. Do your job. Because <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, I'm going to just say this. I'm not going to like really give much information about it. Mm-hmm. New music. Next month. <laughs> that's it. Um, first solo music. Nice, I never put out nice, anything solo nice. at all before. So, can we know what type of vibe it is? It's everything. Okay. <laughs> Period. It's everything. I need that on the show. <laughs> and, all right. No, that wraps right. up this episode. Up. So you need to know. <laughs> so okay, I'll, I'll I'll say this because I'll say this other fact about it. So like we was talking about like you know different sides of self mm-hmm. personas. I have four or five different sides of myself. There's Chris Siders. Which is just me. Mm-hmm. There's Loverboy James. Loverboy James, he's the he's the scent. But he's also like sensual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pastel Perp, he's the motherfucking mm-hmm. like confident nigga. He he the player. So, oh, I thought you was about to say a pimp. So, so, no, he ain't no pimp. I'm getting certified Loverboy. Uh-huh. I'm getting Hendrix Future. Nah. Okay. okay. I mean, Prince. So that was two. Perhaps Prince. Maybe when Prince. When he said, okay. uh, Prince, I actually called myself on a on an unreleased song that's not on this album. Um, the Hold on. I got to remember the line. I said, um, something along the lines of the most... The most androgynous icon next to Prince, some some shit like that. I forgot I like the I forgot the fucking line. I like but, that. But um, yeah. So I mean, not really Prince vibes, but like one of my uh, personas can be that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Those three. Um, Bushwick Billy. He's the violent type. He's the aggressor. He's the nigga like you the don't want to. The mosh pit nigga. The mosh pit nigga. That's that's who y'all saw years ago. That was, that, <laughs> that's who I saw. That's who you saw. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The other one, Chris Justice. He's the uh, political activist. Nice. And, uh-huh. and so basically, this album covers different sides of myself through a science fiction theme. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. But there's a lot of different vibes to it. There's not just one like. Smooth track, 
love track, mm-hmm. activism track. There's a whole bunch of it's different. It's a journey. Shit. It's a journey. A roller coaster. Yes. Okay. Everything has a story. We yes. love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. We're excited to have you on. Jay, you want to yeah. close us out? Uh, that's it, strangers. Thank you for tuning in to Attractive Strangers. I mean, yes, Hot Talk Live, Attractive Strangers. Uh, you know, we've been gone for a minute, but we're back. And we're excited to have Sammy Social here with us for these episodes. And thank you guys, and good night. Stay dangerous. Stay dangerous. Stay dangerous. Attractive Strangers. That's all for now, strangers. Thank you for dialing into Hot Talk Live. We hope we've eased some tension tonight. We'll see you next time. Signing off, Attractive Stranger. The hottest, most dangerous virtual fantasy you'll ever taste.